0: Join me as we prepare our hearts to worship by reading responsively, a responsive reading printed in your worship folder and will also be on the screen. Quietly, we come to you in prayer. During this hour, we want to be still and know that you are God. Today, we ask for a steadying, a refocusing, a reshaping of our lives. Let us meet you at the deepest places of our hearts. May our breath move in and out as one with yours. In silence, we rest,
1: we worship, we open ourselves to you.
0: Let us prepare our hearts for worship as we silently focus our thoughts on God. Good morning. Welcome to everyone. We are glad that you are here. It's good to be in God's house together with God's people worshiping our Lord. We welcome you today. We welcome our guests, especially. You're very important to us, and we're glad that you are here today, and we hope that you'll feel a part of our family as we worship God together. Uh, a few uh, announcements I'd like to call to your attention. Uh, first of all, let me remind everyone of the attendance pads uh, we have on each row. We'd like to ask everyone if you would take that and to fill it out so we can have a record of your attendance with us this morning. And especially if you would like to receive our email newsletter that comes out every Thursday, uh, we would encourage you to put your email address on there, and we'll, we'll be sure to get you on the list for that. We thank you for that. Also, uh, coming up, you may realize, may recognize in the bulletin uh, that you'll see that we're going to be having a Sunday school uh, competition, an attendance competition that's coming up uh, very soon. Uh, we we determined that this church uh, it it really it really uh, takes on to competition. It really uh, likes competition. We learned that with our food drive uh, back in the fall. And so we're going to have an attendance drive uh, here in the spring during the period of Lent leading up to Easter. And so beginning on March the 13th, we're going to have a competition, uh, and we've divided it up between the youth and the children. They're going to have a competition among themselves, and then the adults are going to have a competition among themselves Uh, for attendance in Sunday school so uh, please uh, if you haven't been coming to Sunday school like you should then uh, you need to come and we're going to we're going to have this competition and we're going to lead all the way up build all the way up to Easter Sunday so that'll begin on March the 13th and Easter Sunday is April the 24th so a little more than a month about five or six weeks there uh, we'll be having this competition uh, for our Sunday school attendance. Today's Sunday, isn't it? Uh, And for our children, it's more than just Sunday because for this week, Sunday is fun day, right? We're going to be having our our children will be having some events after the worship service at 12 o'clock immediately after the service. So we have a good number of children here. I hope you're planning on staying and being a part of that. A lot of fun activities are involved. And uh, and so if you have any questions, please see Miss Mary over here, and uh, she'll be glad to answer anything for you. And we just encourage our kids uh, to share this time together. Also, please note, uh, take note in your worship folder that we have a number of meetings, some today and, and during the rest of the week. Please uh, note those. And if you're a part of one of these teams, uh, uh, please uh, note the time and be in your place at the time of the, the meeting. We're glad that you're here, and it's great to uh, to share a time of fellowship and worship together. So let me invite you to stand and greet each other in, in the name of the Lord and uh, spread the love of God to one another.
2: No Holy, holy. We cry, holy, holy, holy. You are holy, holy, holy. I want to see you. I right, be seated. I need kiddos. Lots and lots and lots of kiddos today. Come on up,
3: kids. Woo, Jerry's first. Woo! They're sliding in everywhere. Hello, Tegan. Lots and lots of kids. Isn't this great? You know what? You guys ought to give your moms and dads and your grandmas and grandpas and your aunts and uncles and anybody that brought you here a big hand. Thank you for bringing me this morning. Woo. Oh, look. What did I use? Let's talk about some hand signals here. What if I did like this? Jerry, what, what does it mean? Or, or hi, right? What? Or parade, that's this one, that's this. Okay, what if I went like this? What? Stop. Stop, Stop. or you're in my space, get out of my space, right? You're in my, no, I'm just kidding, honey, come in. Scaring <laughs> the kids away, Scaring the kids away. Oh, we are not going to pull each other's fingers because that's not how we use our hands. Thank you. Oh, well, that's not how you use your hands. I'm going to show you how to use your hands. Um, mm, what if I did like this? What? I heard it sad or I might be shy. Uh, It might be cold, that's right. It is cold in here. I know. (laughs) This is an easy one. It's cold in here. What's this? I am mad and I am ready to fight.
1: fight.
3: (laughs) Yeah, but what if I went like this? What does it mean, Sydney? Uh, come Come, children, or come give me a hug. Usually, when Kels gets up in the morning or Jake, they walk down the hall like this, hey. and I'll go, because we can't start our day without a hug. Hey, hey what? Uh, I think we've been you what? He
2: he just cried. Sure <clears throat> mom
3: because she didn't hey. get to
2: brush his teeth.
3: Uh, you might, you know Jake cries because I make him brush his teeth. <laughs> go figure. I don't know. All right. Yes. I I, oh, excuse me. I left out one. Yes.
1: Oh, come here and stand up. What's
3: your name again? Blake. What? Blake. Blake. Blake says I missed one. Blake, show them. What's that mean? Love. Hand signals. Good job, Blake. That's good. All right, let me read you something here real quick. We can use our hands to say a lot of things. We can let people know we want to fight or that we want to care about them. We want to give them a hug, right? Can you use your hands to give people a hug? Okay, we're almost finished. Would you rather see this or this? Yeah, I think so, too. The Bible tells us about a time when Jesus invited people to come to him. Look, use your hands up here. Come here. Do you want to stand up here and help me? Come here. We can use our hands to say a lot of things. Look here. The Bible tells us about a time when Jesus invited people to come to him. And Jesus said... Come to me, all of you who are tired and need comfort, and I will give you rest. Jesus invited the people to come to him to be helped and to rest and to find someone who cared. Can you picture Jesus standing up there with his hands out like this? Yeah, Yeah, I can too. Jesus cares about us, and he is there reaching out to us when we are tired, when we are hurt when we're sad, and when we're lonely. He will never do this to us when we come to him. He'll never put up his hands and say, stop, Willie. He'll always say, come on in to me, okay? He will always do this. So this week, let's remember that Jesus cares about you, and you, and you, and you, and you, and and he wants you to reach your hands out to help others, okay? Can you guys remember that this week? All right. Put your um, hands together and let's say a real quick prayer. Heavenly Father, can you pray with me? Thank you for always being there for us. When we are tired, you comfort us. When we are hurt, you heal us. When we are sad, you send us happiness. When we feel lonely, you wrap your arms around us. Be with us this week and show us ways to reach out to others. In your name we pray, amen. Now, right now, if you're all the way up through second grade, you can go back to Children's Church, okay? Third grade on up, you need to stay out here today, okay? And today is the fun day for pre-K, kindergarten, first, and second. All righty? Thank you, guys. Have a good week.
1: Uh
4: Good morning. Our scripture reference for this Today is taken from Matthew 6, verses 24 through 34, and Isaiah 49, verses 14 and 15. No one can serve two masters, for a slave will either hate the one and love the other, or be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and wealth. Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, or about your body, What you will wear is not your life more than food and the body more than clothing. Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap or gather into barns, and yet your heavenly father feeds them. Are you not more valuable than they? And can any one of you by worrying add a single hour to your span of life? And why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. And yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not clothed like one of these. But if God so clothed the grass of the field, which is alive today and tomorrow and is thrown in the oven, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? Therefore do not worry, saying, What will we eat? Or what will we drink? Or what will we wear? For it is the Gentiles who strive after all these things. And indeed your Heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But strive first for the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. So do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring worries of its own. Today's troubles is enough for today. Isaiah 49, verses 14 and 15. But Zion said, The Lord has forsaken me. My Lord has forgotten me. Can a woman forget her nursing child or show no compassion for the child of her womb? Even these may forget, yet I will not forget you. May we pray. Our Heavenly Father, as we bow before you this morning, we are thankful that you neither forsake us or leave us, that you know our ways, you know all about us. We thank you for being such a part of our lives. We thank you for the light that you show in each of our hearts and the spirit that we share. Father, I ask that you be with us throughout the remainder of this year. Lead, guide, and direct us and help us to give you praise and glory for all things. In Jesus' name, amen.
3: Thank you, Heavenly Father, for being with us through the highs and the lows and everything in between. Thank you for carrying us when we need caring. May we show you our gratitude by giving you our fair share of tithes and offerings to further your kingdom. In your son Jesus Christ's name I pray, amen. amen.
0: I want to ask you something this morning. How many of you have worriers in your family? Most of us do. Case Reyes says that he and his wife found that their whole life was turned upside down when their first child was born. Seems that every night the baby was fussy, and many nights the baby seemed to cry far more than he slept. So Reyes says, my wife would wake me up in the middle of the night and say, get up, honey, go see why the baby's crying. And as a result, Reyes found himself suffering from severe deep sleep deprivation. Well, while complaining to his co-workers about this, one of his colleagues suggested a book about infant massage. And so Reyes immediately went out and bought the book, and that night he tried the technique gently rubbing the baby's back and arms and head and legs until the baby was completely relaxed and and sound asleep. So he snuck out of the room and made his way to his own bed in hopes of enjoying a well-deserved full night of sleep, but no such luck. In the middle of the night, his wife woke him up in a panic and said, "'Get up, honey.' Go see why the baby's not crying. <laughs> Do you know anybody like that? You know, I guess some people are just worriers. Even when things are going great, they have to have something to worry about. They worry, they, they fret, they fume, and they, they worry that something bad is going to happen. Dr. Rachel Naomi Riemann tells uh many memorable great stories in her book titled Kitchen Table Wisdom and in one of her stories she's asked uh, she asked one of her patients to describe her husband and so the patient laughed a little bit and told the story in description of her husband of about a visit that they made to Hawaii together. Her husband was a An organized and frugal man. And so months in advance, he had reserved a a compact car, a compact rental car on each of the four islands that they would be visiting while in Hawaii. But when they arrived on the big island and presented their reservation at the car rental desk, they were told that the economy car that they had reserved was not available. And so she watched her husband's face turn red as he prepared to do battle. But the clerk didn't seem to notice. He simply said, I'm sorry, sir. Will you accept a a substitute for the same price? We have a Mustang convertible. (laughs) Barely appeased, her husband put their bags into this beautiful white sports car and off they drove. Well, the same thing thing happened on the next island, and indeed on every island that they visited. They would turn in their car and fly to the next island, only to be told that the economy car that they had reserved was not available, and so they offered a substitute for the same price, and each time the substitute was an upgrade, far nicer than the car that they had expected. It was amazing, she said, after the Mustang, they were given a Mazda mr 10 and and then there was a town car. And finally, we got a Mercedes. All with the apologies of the agent. The vacation was absolutely wonderful. And and on the plane back home, she turned to her husband and thanked him for all that he had done to arrange for such a wonderful time. And he said, yes, it was really nice. And then much to her amazement, he said, too bad they never had the right car for us. And he was serious. What do you do with people like that? You know, some people can see the dark side of any cloud, even those who that have a a silver lining. They're just worriers. They fume, they fret, they stay stressed out. And so I wondered if they have ever read these words of Jesus. When he said, therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life. What will you eat or drink? Or don't worry about your body, what you will wear. Is, is not life more important than food and the body more important than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow, nor do they reap, nor store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to his or her life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the lily of the fields grow? They do not labor or spin and Yet I, I tell you that not even Solomon in all of his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the, the grass of the field, which is here today and, is, and tomorrow is thrown into the fire. Will he not much more clothe you, O oh, you of little faith? So do not worry. Saying what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all of these things and your heavenly father knows that you need them. But seek first God's kingdom. and God's righteousness. And all of these things will be given to you as well. From reading this passage of scripture, I am tempted to declare that it is a sin to worry. But you know what, if I did that, I would just be giving some of you folks something else to worry about, would I? So I'm not going to say that it's a sin to worry, but I, I will say this. You put a terrible burden on your life when you cannot relax and trust in God. Another word that's often used in our society is, is not worry, but it's very similar, and that's the word stress. A lecturer was once explaining tre- stress management to, a, to his audience. And in a demonstration, he held up a glass of water and he asked, how heavy is this glass of water? And he received several answers ranging from uh, 10 ounces to 16 ounces. And, and then the lecturer said, the absolute weight of this glass is not really that important. What matters is how long you try to hold it up. You see, if I hold it up for a minute, that's not a problem. But if I hold it up for an hour, then I'm going to have an ache in my arm. But if I try to hold this up for a day, you'll probably have to call an ambulance. So you see, in each case, it's the same amount of weight. But the longer I hold it, the heavier it becomes. Then he said this. He said, that's the way it is with stress. If we carry our burdens with us all the time, sooner or later, as the burden becomes heavier and heavier, we won't be able to carry on. Just like with that glass of water, you have to put it down from time to time and rest for a while. So before you go home tonight, he said, put that burden of work down. Don't carry it home with you. You can pick it back up tomorrow. Whatever burdens you are carrying right now... Put them down for a while, relax, pick them up later after you've had a time of rest. Life is short. Enjoy it. You see, you put a terrible burden on yourself when you can't relax and trust in God. In our hurry up pressure cooker world, stress is a very common thing. I don't think anyone in this room is is immune to it. We all experience stress in our lives from time to time and and some more than others. And and sometimes that stress threatens to pull our very lives apart unless we do something about it. But before we seek a remedy for our worry and for our stress, there are a few things that we need to understand about these powerful and, and destructive forces. And the first thing is this. Many of us have a susceptibility to stress and worry built into our very personalities themselves. Many of us are have inherited a susceptibility to worry. Maybe we got it from our parents, and I I don't mean that it's a genetic thing or necessarily, though there might be a genetic component to it. What I mean is that. That some of us had parents who were not able to to give us an emotionally secure environment during our early years of formation. This is what we learned from psychologist Eric Erickson. He taught that during the, the first stages of our lives, we either develop a sense of trust or a sense of mistrust. And throughout all of our lives, how we respond to life will largely be affected by which of these emotions dominate our lives trust or mistrust Erickson believed that the conflict between trust and mistrust arises very early in a child's development and a successful resolution of this conflict depends largely on a baby's relationship with the primary caregiver let's say for example that our caregiver is by nature a person who is not able to express warmth and nurture. Many parents simply aren't wired that way, probably because they didn't receive much unconditional love when they were young. And we're not blaming anybody, we're just stating a fact. Some parents are emotionally limited. And so they cannot provide their children with a sense of security in the world. Erickson said that that if we encounter trust during our early childhood, then the stage is set for a lifetime believing that the world is a good and pleasant place. But if our caregiver was not able to express warmth and love. Then it's likely that we'll grow up. To be mistrustful. And insecure. That's one reason why so many of us have a susceptibility to stress built into our. Our personalities. But you know on top of that. On top of what we bring into our lives and our own personalities. On top of all of that, modern life itself has many built-in stressors, doesn't it? All of life has stressors that are built into it. Some of us have very stressful jobs. Some of us have family situations that are very stressful. Some of us may have medical conditions that we worry about. Life has a lot of built-in stressors that, that that come our way. Stress, anxiety, depression, insomnia, suicide, and other signs of insecurity and tension and hopelessness have become all too common in our society, according to pollster Lewis Harrison or Harris. of all adult Americans report experiencing high stress with as many as 60% reporting great stress at least once or twice a week. I read an interesting study by the American Medical Association about the stress put on young doctors because of the long hours that they have to work. This study says that this kind of stress is not safe for the doctors nor their patients but you know, doctors are not the only people who are working longer and longer hours these days, are they? One reason that corporations are, are not hiring like they once were is that they've grown accustomed to getting more and more work out of the employees that they already have. And this takes a toll on their families, on their, their employees and on their families. And then, of course, there are those people who, who wish that working too hard was their problem. We see many families are under a lot of stress because one or both of their breadwinners are out of work. They're out of a job. The unemployment rate is high. I know of a devoted Christian sales manager, 57 years old, who has two daughters in college. He found himself laid off from work in favor of a younger, more aggressive manager at a lower pay. And and now he wonders how he'll, he'll be able to provide for his family. He says to his pastor, I'm trusting God, but I'm also facing some very difficult decisions. And he's not destitute, but that does not mean that he's, he's not under a great deal of stress. And meanwhile, in his job search, door after door slams in his face. And of course, we've never seen a collapse in our housing market like there has been during the past couple of years. Owning your own home has always been a a key element of the American dream. But for many people, that dream has become a nightmare. My friends, it's tough out there. It's hard. It's hard to make it day by day. And so some of us are especially susceptible To stress in our lives. Because we bring it with us. With our own personalities. And and modern life has its own built-in stressors. That poke at us. And prod at us. And make our lives uncomfortable. But here's the good news for today my friends. The best cure for worry. And for stress is to put your trust completely in God. Jesus reminds us that God provides even for the birds of the air. They do not sow nor reap nor store away in barns, said the master. And yet your heavenly father feeds them. And then he asked this very powerful question. Are you not much more valuable than they are? And the answer, of course, is yes, you are much more valuable than they. Marion Rawson, in her book titled Meditations by the Sea, gives several examples of how God provided for God's creation. She notes that that some birds migrate thousands of miles across empty oceans. And and some of these birds, like gulls and and sea ducks, can rest on the surface of the ocean and rest while they store up energy for the next leg of their flight. Their feathers contain an ointment that protects them from the cold and the wet. But there are other winged creatures that that fly over vast stretches of the ocean that, that seemingly have no place to break their journey. One example is the monarch butterfly. The monarch is the only butterfly known to man to make a, a two-way migration like the birds do. And in the summer, you can find the monarch butterflies up in the Northeast and New England and, and Newfoundland. And, but monarchs can't survive the cold winters like they have up there. And so, so somehow God has made it possible for them to know when it's time to travel south. And these tiny little insects Some of them will literally fly as far as 3,000 miles to reach their winter home in Mexico. In this astonishing pilgrimage, they fly around city buildings and over coastal waters. They they stop briefly to feed on flowers when available. And they they cluster in, in trees at night when they're over the land. While at sea, they will rest on the masts of fishing boats Only God knows how they make this journey every year. But God takes care of them. According to National Geographic, tall ships are often a haven for birds flying over the ocean. Kenneth Garrett, who sailed his ship from Europe to America, wrote that a pair of doves came aboard his tall ship for a while and and later a tiny wren, he was sitting, sitting there, and a tiny wren lit upon his ankle and uh, scurried up his pants leg. The wren warmed itself there and rested for a while in his pants leg, and then after about 45 minutes, he came out and took off for shore. Jesus said this, Consider the birds of the air. They do not sow, they do not reap, nor do they store food away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. And are you not much more valuable than they? My friends, do you understand just how valuable you are? Do you understand just how much God Loves you. Our lesson from Isaiah today says this. But Zion said the Lord has forsaken me. The Lord has forgotten me. Then God answers their plaintive cry. Can a mother forget the baby at her breast and have no compassion on the child she has born? And then God adds. Even though she may forget. I will never Ever forget you my friends, if you are one of those people who has a hard time with trust, then today is the day to turn it around. for you see, God loves you like a mother loves her child. God loves you more than anything else in the world, and that's why God sent his son into this into this world to die for you to show you how much he loved you. To show you how much he is willing to forgive you of your sins. That's the way God is. God loves you like a mother loves her child. So relax. Relax. And I'm not saying it's always going to be easy. But here's what I am saying. By God's grace. You're going to be alright. Just look at the birds of the air. And be blessed. Amen. We're going to sing a song. Number 478, Seek Ye First. And as we sing this song, we're going to give you an opportunity to respond in some way to the leading of God's Holy Spirit in your life. There may be someone for, who, for whom life is a crushing burden for you. And, and you are this worrier that I've been talking about. Maybe life is crushing on you. Maybe there's good reason for worry. Because life is difficult at this point in your life. And maybe today's the day for you to turn it over to God. To say to God... I've been carrying around this burden long enough, but you've told me that your burden is light. And so I want to hand this over to you, God. I want to give it over to you and let you help me. Help me to carry it. And I want to give my life over to you. Because that's the only way that I can live my life without all of this worry and stress in faith that you love me so much that you're going to take care of me. If you've never made that commitment to Christ, I hope you'll do it today. Maybe you're looking for a church home to be a part of. We invite you to come and unite with our church as we seek to be the people of God here. Or maybe you just need a time of prayer. Maybe life is hard for you right now, and and a time of prayer would bring you some encouragement and hope. We invite you to come as we sing together, Seek Ye First. Would you come?
1: Shall be added
0: unto you. Oh God, we confess that our lives are often filled with so much yearning, brokenness. We are burdened down with worry. But then we come into your presence and reverently stand before you and in your presence, the storm of our lives is calmed. In this place of healing, you have given us hope. In this place of worship, you have given us joy. And and now as we venture into the world again to a place of great stress, we pray that you would draw us close to you as a mother comforts her child. Help us to go with hope in your promise to always be with us and give us strength and peace as we rejoice in our salvation. Amen.